0: we to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. Uh, notice it shows this week, not cartoons, Yeah. Uh, because just like a couple of weeks ago when we did Button Moon, we're going to try something slightly different here. Um don't know where this is going to go, to be honest. That's only one way to find out. But as you've probably guessed from my intro and the theme music you've just heard, we're going to be looking back at Nightmare.
1: Yeah, now Nightmare's a funny one. Um, it's the only... Game show on our list, as far
0: as I'm aware. Yeah, I think it is. It's not technically a Saturday morning. Well, it's not a Saturday morning show no, no, either. Tuesday afternoon, a sure. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I thought it was Thursday. It was. A, it was a tea day. It was either Tuesday <laughs> or <a> Thursday.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but it was. Um, it was not a, a weekday afternoon show. Um, for those of you who don't know it, it was. Um, it was based on a couple of um, games from the Spectrum. One um, was it called? A Tick Attack, I can't remember what it was called. A Tick Attack, yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was basically um, a ro- an early sort of um, role-playing adventure game um, based on... It's kind of
0: Dungeons & Dragons, really. Yeah, pretty much. In, um, in virtual reality. In
1: virtual reality with the use of um, uh, cr- blue screen and chroma key. Um, yeah. yeah. Taking the idea from uh, the, the weather broadcasts that um, were um, just sort of kicking without live maps and stuff. Um, and, yeah, so you had um, a team of contestants who would pick a, a Dungeoneer and try to guide them through...
0: It was four, wasn't it? You had three guides of one three, dungeon? Three guides there? of one dungeon, yeah.
1: yeah. And they would try and guide the dungeoneer through the various puzzles and traps within the room um, that they were in to get through to the next room. And they, had, they had a quest, so it was retrieve something, find something, rescue somebody, um, and get out of the dungeon, basically.
0: What, what this essentially is, in, in a nutshell, I guess, then, um, is if you imagine Dungeons & Dragons represented in a virtual reality world mm. on a blue screen yeah. with a child in a weird-looking helmet so he can't see the kind blue like screen Viking around him. Kind of like a Viking helmet. Backwards yeah. so there's no, you can see the front of it. And um, then you throw in what we now think of essentially as an escape room.
1: Yeah, And that much. is nightmare. Yeah. Um like I say, it was based on the the guy who created it, it was based on the idea that you had these um, command-based computer games on... on Spectre, the old text right? adventures. Yeah. Walk forward, walk back. Yeah, it was based on that and it was okay, well... We will use that, and instead of typing it, the, the kids can shout it out and their, their, their companion can hear them and do that action.
0: Yeah, so I mean the, the companion was always summoned in first by uh, a Treyguard. Treyguard, yeah. the dungeon master, yes. Uh, and he would ask him to summon forth three companions. They would go into this castle as well. Yeah. whereupon the dungeon master would then don a helmet and walk into the dungeon. The Dungeoneer. the dungeoner. sorry, yeah, the Dungeoneer would walk into the dungeon at which point his team then have his or her sorry team then have to guide them around the dungeon they yes. can see nothing the helmet is black they have a knapsack over their shoulder to carry items yeah so anything they pick up anything they find or so they, they I think they're given they give an inventory at the start they're given an inventory at the start yeah and they, don't they get like a loaf of bread or yeah, something like or an apple, yeah, stuff, yeah. Uh, and then they have to pick essentially a MacGuffin to go after there's like sword, shield, cup there was something else yeah there were four of them um I don't think they ever i I don't know if they ever mattered I don't no, know they't it was it was irrelevant um so you just kind of pick which it
1: only mattered for the first room you went into uh, um so if from if you were going into a castle to re- there was one mission where you could rescue somebody which they only did once i think and if you picked that one you can you' started off going into this castle in a particular way if you picked something else you'd go in through a cave or you'd go in through the cellar or a hidden entrance in a forest was, okay so the first room would always be related to the story you picked okay and then the
0: last room would be related to the story if you got that far i remember very very few teams ever making it to the last room um i don't I, know how many made it to the
1: last room there were only eight across the course of eight series that actually beat the dungeon wow and um there 8 seasons, I think it was 112 episodes. Something like that. And only 8 people won. Only 8 people won. Wow. It, an episode, it wasn't necessarily one, t- one team per episode. So it might have been No, on no, one. it, it might could go on for weeks. It could go on for weeks. So cause yeah. I mean, this was, it was recorded and then it wasn't like now where you had channels for everything and you know you could run it day after day. It would be on on Tuesday or Thursday or whatever day it was mm. from 4.30 till 5. And then you wouldn't see it again until next week. So the same people would be in you know, mortal danger and frozen yeah, time yeah. in the dungeon for the next week.
0: Yeah, they used to go into stasis, didn't they? It'd yes. be like an egg time thing, and they would yeah. go into the stasis and be able follow Yeah, they'd week. all freeze.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, this one my first, so 112 episodes, I don't know how many teams there
0: were um, across the board, but only eight teams, actually, excuse me, actually won. Well, I mean, it was. I guess being... Um being a child who was really into computer games, this this spoke to me straight away because you'd watch, you'd be yeah. watching it, and it's like watching one of your friends play a game. Yeah. But I just remember being—I got so into this show. I loved it, and I'd watch it week and week, and I'd be there screaming at the TV, telling them what to do because. Yeah. I'm sure when the pressure's on. And, and you're talking gangs of kids here <laughs> like they're yeah, I mean, all kind of 11 or 12 yeah so yeah
1: it was usually kids of sort of 11 to 16 year olds pretending to be the younger end of that yeah by the time you get to 16 so, you drinking and stuff
0: so when they were watching this thing I, and there was a constant time element as well I seem yeah. to remember the life force would constantly drain the life force would constantly keep... drain but
1: nobody I've just been reading this now because I, 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 I remember the life force draining away and it was quite scary when it all crumbled and stuff they used to turn into a skeleton yeah. didn't they nobody ever died from their life force running out right okay it was always something else that compounded they fell off something or they got stabbed or eaten or whatever but um, nobody ever died just from their life force running out they did it, it started off as a face so you had, it was a face with a helmet and all the rest so it looked like the dungeon yeah and then the helmet broke and bits came away and then the face started to melt and the ice fell out and it became a skeleton or skull. and it, in the end it would it, it, it was just it would just dissolve to nothing I think that was the idea. Yeah. in the last season or maybe the last two seasons they replaced that with a pipe just like a countdown timer. That's nowhere near as good. It's not, but it's easier to animate. Um, <laughs> and it, probably it's, at that point, somebody complained it was a little bit scary right. for younger kids. Um, but they replaced it, and it was just a, a segment of pie being every week. Yeah. So that was. Okay. Really
0: I, I remember it being like a traffic light system because when they were healthy, the background was green. Yeah. Then it went to amber. And then when they were when the life force had nearly run out and it was the skull and stuff, it was red. Yeah. And then I think when they died, didn't like the eyeballs used to pop out with the skull. Yeah, and roll
1: off the screen. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that's that's how you knew they'd die. Um, but yeah, when, when the pressure was on and there was that ticking clock, I'm sure it was difficult. Oh God, yeah. But as a child at home, I can just remember watching it going like, you fucking idiots, just tell him to step left yeah. or Sorry, cast the spell. Left. Yeah.
1: Um, the spells were an interesting one because they were, they were a big part of the show and you could use spells for all sorts and you had the... Um, the, the sorcerer's name he was Merlin's alter ego um, oh, yeah. I can't remember his, his name, name. Um, but he would cast a spell and it might be that like he'd, he'd throw a shroud at you and it would tie you up or something you had to sp- you have to dispel it you had to dispel it so you yeah. had, you'd have the letters on the screen but there was one team I, I, I was just reading about it I, I remember the event but I couldn't remember the details um, and it was in season 2 where they kept they were trying to spell the word shroud and they spelled the word shroud and it would get rid of the, the shroud that was hiding the engineer up and they kept me- they kept missing the letter O <laughs> to a point where a guard, who was supposed to be paralysed at this point and not able to help them was half talking to them like, uh, uh, oh, and trying to guide them through that and they eventually got it so they got through that spell yeah. um, and then the next room or the next time they had a spell they misinterpreted they'd been given a shovel spell but they were calling it a spade so then time ran out on the spell and they died but so the spell casting would be a huge part of it, and if you've got it wrong, it could be really fucking bad.
0: Yeah, I mean the one I always remember with the spell casting specifically was you, there was always a puzzle, always no matter what the quest was, it's was always a fucking puzzle. Whereby they'd have to make a well, yes. climb by it, and you'd have to cast a well spell yes. to make a well, and then you'd climb down the well to get to like another level. And always without fail, there was a spell that needed you to spell well. Yes, like there somewhere there are hundreds and hundreds of kids that mm-hmm. have. Yeah, yeah, that have gone well, well. Yeah, just etched in their brain. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean the, the basic concept with with um, the dungeoneer on this blue screen was he would move. He could move. Obviously, it's a person. He can move in whatever direction he like. But he would be guided traditionally, forward, back, left, right. And it, yeah, and they would they'd tell you if, if it was, yeah, like, turn, and they tell like, you turn to right, turn. or yeah. it would be sidestep or backstep. So very much like, and this is where the attic attack and things link come I in. It was very much like those kind of early isometric three D adventures. Yeah um like night lore and things as well that you would get on the spectrum. Uh it's just that it was vocally guided by by the team in the room. And then there would be puzzles as well that, that we need to solve and there would be live actors in the dungeon as well. Yes. And they'd either guide they're trying you to. or they try to deceive you. Um, in earlier seasons it was just the one um
1: sorcerer who was Merlin's old so I can't remember his name. Later on you got other characters as well who were trying. they they give you riddles and stuff. And trying and, and you'd, have to solve your, you'd have to solve you yeah. to solve to get out of that room. If they they were just different puzzles, um, and so they, they really kept the ante on the or
0: Something like yeah, like it. I say, it was it was very much like um, like an escape room. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, um, and and so they the, the teams would basically guide the dungeoneer through this three um, D kind of generate. It was just very early computer graphics. It, yeah, it, it looked. If we looked at it now, oh, I'm geez. sure it would look fucking terrible. But at the time, this shit was state of the art. Like, it, yeah. it was amazing. That's at certain, it, there was nothing like it around on TV either. No. They like just didn't I still don't it. think there's ever. Probably the closest thing there's ever been to it is Crystal Maze. Yeah. Um, but even now but it's that is not it's, really similar. No, I mean, it didn't have the computer, so the, the computer
1: elements or the virtual reality elements to it. It didn't. Like, the people in the Crystal Maze can see what they're doing they just had any help working stuff out because they've got different perspective on the puzzles and stuff. Yeah. Whereas this one, the engineer is completely blind. Yeah. And that was always a bit like, it was one of those, when, when you see a lot of shows in your kids, well, when you're a kid, especially the things like this and Funhouse and stuff, you're always think, fuck, that looks like fun, I want to do that. Nightmare scared the piss out of me. This yeah. whole thing, I mean, I, I've, I've worn glasses since I was about 18 months old, so, my know, vision's always been a bit of a thing anyway. The idea of not being able to see My hand in front of my face and having to rely on people telling me where to step, when to duck, when to dump.
0: That scared the piss out of me. I always wanted to go on Nightmare, more than any other TV show. But I don't think I ever really wanted to be the Dungeoneer, because that is the shittest job. Yeah, you don't get to do anything. You're just fucking stood in a hell... Like, what you need to be is one of the guides, because you're seeing everything happen on a screen. Yeah. The Dungeoneer just fucking... It's basically stood in the dark yeah, for you, a couple of hours. Yeah, you stand there and it's a
1: step left, step right, two steps forward. crouch down, there's a rope in front, you pick it up, put it in your bag. Yeah. And you don't really have to do anything. You, know, you don't seem to have to think, you just, okay, well, I'll do this next because that's what they told me to do. Yeah. I don't remember an episode where the
0: Dungeoneer went, fuck it, I'm not doing that? No. I can't, well, I don't think he could. I think the Dungeoneer basically had to do. You was, was told to do. That was the rules of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you were basically at the mercy of your three 13. friends. Yeah. Oh, you hope were intelligent enough to get you through extension. Yeah, and not trying to off you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the... I mean, and some of it was really basic. I remember um, there's a bit. Well, there was always a bit. Not there was a bit. Every fucking quest had a bit that was like the end of Last Crusade, where you'd be walking on a floor. Yeah. And tiles in the floor would crumble away, yes, and, and you'd have to seven find seven the right miles. route across yeah. it. It was always that, and that was always the really stressful thing because the team would be screaming at this guy, like, walk forward, turn <laughs> stop, left, stop, go, stop, go. stop, stop, you've got to walk up the edge, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I mean, like, but even now, I mean, that's a trope of a lot of things. You look at some of a lot of puzzle games now, and certainly um, Uncharted 4 had an entire section
0: of that Yeah.
1: where you could only, you had a sequence on the floor. And you can only step on certain ones in the sequence. That's if you step right. on the wrong one, it blew up and it killed you.
0: It's a classic trope, really,
1: isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it's so easy to do like Tomb Raider have done it, where if you step on the wrong one, either blades come through the floor and impale you, or it falls away and you fall into a pit of spikes. Or it's been done for so many years, and the reason they keep on doing it is because it's so easy and it's so obvious, but it's for a, from a gaming perspective, it's so difficult, because if you get it wrong, A, yeah. you die, you B, you go back to the beginning
0: and do it again. Yeah. oh nightmare he didn't go back to be in and do it again he just died and fucked off another, and somebody else came on yeah I mean instantly as soon as one went another, I mean really when you think about it Treyguard was a little bit of basically a, a child killer <laughs> because he'd just get these guys in and they well it was always said, though, wasn't it, that they, you would return them, didn't he do something like you would turn them back home to because their own the, time or something Yeah, you would turn like them, them to their beds or something, didn't he? They? Like they wouldn't yeah, know anything about it. I always, yeah, like they went back to their own, I guess I never really thought about it, but it was called Nightmare, so yeah. perhaps it was so, a play yeah. on the fact that it they, was, were, they were having a nightmare and they, like went, they
1: went back to they went back to their beds and...
0: Well, fuck me. Well, there you go. You learn something every day. 30 years later, we finally picked that one up. Yeah, no, that never dawned on me <laughs> at all. It was just a cool show with through yeah. dungeons. I mean, the one... The bit that always scared the shit out of me and it, it might actually be... I don't have a fear of spiders now. I don't particularly like them. Um, but certainly as a child, I was very, very scared of spiders. Mm. I, I, I'm okay with them now. Um, but one of the monsters was a giant fucking spider. Yeah, there's always been fucking trash. Ariadne, yeah, and I just remember she cropped up quite a lot but it would be like you had to sneak through the spiders lady. yeah and if she woke up she started shooting webs yeah. at all the exits and so you had to get out as quickly as you could yeah and, and again when you've got a team of three guiding you and one's got and there's multiple exits and one's going run left one's going run right and the fucking engineer would just be running around in circles and that used to terrify me yeah and that is one of the enduring memories I have it like one of the first things I would think if somebody says nightmare to me I'm going three places I'm going Treyguard the helmet and then Ariadne yeah. I just remember it yeah because I remember Ari- Ariadne because uh, I think it was the first Resident Evil game
1: but back on the PS1 when that first came up, that had giant spider um, in a hallway mm. and that reminded me of that because it was one of those you had to beat it to get past you had to kill it to get past it you couldn't creep around it, it was, not, it was awake, it was conscious, and it was fucking huge. Yeah. It took up the entire width of the corridor. And that always reminded me of Nightmare. Yeah. Because, okay, in this instance, you had to shoot the living fuck out of it until it died, and then you could creep past it. I think you could gather its venom or something and put yeah. it in a test tube, and then go to the door behind it. In Nightmare, it wasn't like that. It was a case of, as I said, you get past it without waking up, and there were exits. Yeah. But I think it was only one of the exits that actually worked, wasn't
0: there? So if, yeah, you, yeah.
1: if you went to the wrong one, you were just in the room longer, and there was more chance of her waking up. Yeah, there
0: was always, whenever there were multiple exits to a room, there was always like a good exit, Yeah, and, and then the rest were was shit. Yeah, generally traps and things yeah. like that. Um, it, or, or they were locked, you couldn't yeah, get yeah, out. Yeah, you genuinely. couldn't get out through that one. Yeah. But there was always, I, I mean, it, I suppose it's interesting when you say that about spiders. I think even now, in my mind, if I see a giant spider, like most people would go, to, was it Shilob in Lord of the Rings, and not it, or something like that? Yeah. Most people will go there. I won't. Whenever I see a giant spider, I will go to Ariadne. That yeah. is my... You know, the one in Harry Potter's name, I can't remember, in
1: Chamber of Secrets. Fl- no, Fluffy's the dog, isn't Fluffy's it? Fluffy's the dog in the first one. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the one at the start of Chamber yeah, of Yeah, no,
0: I, I go straight to Nightmare. Even with that, I see a giant spider, me. I'm going to Nightmare, that's where it takes me. There was, a yeah. spy- there was also a scorpion, I can't remember what the scorpion was called. I don't remember the scorpion. Yeah, there was a big fuck-off scorpion as well, which was a bit more difficult, because it was more mobile because hmm. it Scorpions so had the stingy tail and stuff as well yeah. um, but then yeah there were also as, as we mentioned there were live actors involved in this as well between multiple characters like as you say there was a wizard I remember there being a maiden Yeah. there was always a maiden that, that generally was a helper but would give you a side quest and stuff yes um, there was Traegard himself who kind of was neutral he was just kind of there as the host of the show Traegard was, a... was a bit stupid but was a bit weird because he was
1: the first couple of years he was he was neutral, mm-hmm. and then she always got the impression he was just there. He was the dungeon master. He was just there to guide you, and at the end of it, he, he didn't care one way or the other. There was one of the episodes in season three before anyone had actually completed it. He made a comment about defending an unbeaten streak, which then made people think, "Hang on, is he on the other side? Is he?" Yeah. And then, after about season four, when they when they introduced um, more characters. And they changed it to so, rather than being him being neutral, that you had um, the powers to be and the opposition. Yeah. They very much aligned him with the dungeoneer. Yeah. So then he was he wasn't allowed to help them, but he was on their side. Right. So the character kind of flip flopped through this whole thing where you didn't really know what he was doing, and because you had that one bit where he made the comment by the end on defending Unbeaten Street when nobody finished it, you always got the impression that actually he was playing both sides.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was definitely. In my memory of him, anyway, he always did seem a little bit creepy. There yeah, was yeah, something yeah. a little bit morally grey about completely, him. Completely, yeah. But, you know, he'd help, to a point. Yeah. But he always kind of took a little bit of pleasure when they died.
1: Yeah, they took, if you think of um, Crystal Maze. Yeah. Um, Richard O'Brien and the new series of Richard O'Reilly. They're always kind of willing people on. They're always they won't tell you what to do. No, but they were, they're they yeah, very supported. much rooting for the team.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: You didn't get that with guard, It was always... No. He was actually quite mocking. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Was, oh you died. What a shame.
0: Yeah. he just got yeah, well, he winced, didn't he? Nasty.
1: nasty. Yeah. And to, apparently that was so people thought that was planned cash raise, I think it was just the guy did it once and then yeah. they did it every episode every time somebody died. Um, but yeah, so but talking about Traegard, um I say he had the um he had the big for flipping card, he had that cash raise. In 2014, um, he lent his voice, uh, the voice of Guards to a heavy metal band, Evil Scarecrow, after uh, their album, Galactic Hunt, for the track Enter the Nightmare. And the lyrics are based on the introduction to, to wow. the Nightmare. So I'm going to have to dig that one out.
0: But, yeah. Yeah, Treyguards on there. If they do a heavy metal cover of the Nightmare theme, <laughs> I'm all over <laughs> that, because the theme is excellent. I can, I can hear it running through my head now as yeah, we're talking. It's amazing. It's one of those things that would just, as a child, it would get me pumped. Yeah. You'd hear that music. I was like, "Yeah, it's time for nightmare." Yeah, and we like we talked on other shows about sort of the theme music, and how important
1: they are. I don't think there's one that resonates as much as this one, and as much as it's it's almost
0: a Pavlovian. It is definitely yeah. You, you get it. seriously pumped. You, up you hear you that, that, and you park your ass in front of the TV. Yeah, it? but it, it had that kind of. Um, it was almost like a kind of action movie score when it was going it had a driving rhythm yeah, to it that you right. were just like, oh this is amazing and it, it was just kind of I mean I'm not a sword and sorcery guy no at all not interested Lord of the Rings could care less to be honest yeah like the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon um, but this is so out of my wheelhouse now yeah that it kind of surprises me that I so fondly remember it and I so loved it, but maybe that was the technology and the video game side of it, I don't know. Maybe, I
1: think the fact that, I mean, i say it's
0: the, first, it's the first non-narrative, non-scripted show we've talked about. Yeah, it is actually, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's essentially a game show. And I think the,
1: the, the, the mass appeal of it was the fact that, okay, people, especially kids, kids, kids watch and engage with shows and they're getting grossed in shows in different ways for different reasons. But this was the first one. You could have actually been there. Yeah. You could have actually been involved in that show. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why it held such appeal for so many people, was that,
0: well, they can do that. Why can't me and my mates do yeah. that? I think there was probably an element as well. At, at the time, and we're in, we're in the mid to late 80s here, um, I was fortunate enough to have a spectrum very early on in yeah. life. Uh, I remember my dad getting it for me for Christmas when I was six. So I've been playing video games almost my entire life and at the time they were still like, you know some people had games but it, it wasn't really a primary hobby or form of entertainment yeah. in the way that it is now. Mm. You would still be outside playing or riding your bike yeah. or whatever. Not me, I was, I was the little kid sat in the dark playing on his computer. Mm. That was a skill set I had. So. Whereas a lot of kids would be watching sports or something like that and thinking, "Yeah, I could grow up and be a sportsman. I could, I could play football well." I could never do that because I was a fat kid who stayed in and played video games. I could, however, do nightmare. I've done nightmare, and I, I mean, I never did, never got the opportunity. Probably wouldn't have even known where to start to get on the show. But had I got on the show, that was definitely in my skill set. I yeah. knew I could take that dungeon on. <laughs> hmm. I'd probably die eventually because everybody fucking died. Yeah. But I knew I had the required skills, to guide someone through that dungeon. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, they did bring a video game out on the Spectrum as well. I remember playing it. It was fucking hard. Mm. Really, hard, which you'd expect because the show was hard. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I mean, the the show was kind of aimed for. Let's say the the kids who were on it were normally from eleven to sixteen, and it was kind of aimed at that age as well. Mm-hmm. It was aimed at older kids so the, the game I, I, I vaguely remember the game because I remember it took fucking ages to load cause it was... yeah it did now for, for those of you too young oh no, you too young to remember you are very lucky you will never know the struggle of recording a game off the radio at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> putting the tape in waiting 25 minutes for that cunt to load and then dying within 40 seconds you will yeah. never
0: know that pain and that's assuming the tape worked yes and especially then with old Spectrum sometimes you just try and load it and it would just crash out in the middle of loading yeah and then you died,
1: and then you have to wait 20 minutes for it to load again. Yeah. And again, and again, and again. So you will never know the struggles. When, when you turn your PlayStation on, and it takes 45 seconds for the disc to load, come to your fucking blessings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and won't betide you had a tape with more than one game. Oh, ahead. Christ. And We've gone totally off topic now. But you had to get felt pen and mark on the tape reels yes. where one game ended and another one started so yeah. that you could fast forward just a little bit. that one, game. yeah.
1: Yeah, fuck! i forgot forgotten about that.
0: Yeah. But yeah, kids today will never know the struggle. No. No. Yeah. Or uh, well, that horrendous. You think that like, noise? You think the modem noise is bad? Oh Jesus! The spectrum motion noise is <laughs> like nailed on a blackboard. Yeah. It that really high pitched data squeal is horrendous. Um, but anyway, totally yeah, off topic. Um, really point. It's, it's interesting that you say it's the first non-narrative show because yeah, in a in a broader sense, it is it is a game show. But every team had a quest and the quest yeah, was, yeah. Struct- there was a story to every quest in the same way that a game of Dungeons and Dragons yeah. has a quest structure and a dungeon master who gives you a story this was the same and the actors helped portray the story and they'd go off on side quests yeah they'd have a drive it well. forward. Yeah. yeah. I think but, that not now before the wrong through a wrong to scroll, so it was not then you're a non-scripted as well yes definitely but there was always an element of the Within the, You mentioned the powers that be and, and that earlier as well. Within the characters in the dungeon there were internal power struggles going on that the player would yeah. get caught up in. Yes. And they'd have things like fetch quests and what have you to do as well. Yeah. So there was there was an element of story to it. Yeah. It was but, just by the nature of because it had to be reset every week. Yeah, and it
1: was interactive and all the rest yeah. of it. No, it was, as I say, it's like, it's like a TV version of a game of D&D. Um, whereas all the other shows we've talked about so far have been usually cartoons, So we talked about Button Moon a couple of weeks ago, um, which is obviously animated, but it's not Mm -hmm. um, not drawn. Um, And this is the first one where I say this is, I think it's the only one on the list actually, which is
0: just completely different for a million reasons. But it's remembered as fondly. Uh, More, I would say, probably amongst our generation, more fondly than most of the shows. Yeah, that we talk about. Everybody fucking love Nightmare. Yeah, I think so. I'm Absolutely love it. I don't remember anybody who doesn't. No, no, and it kind of off the back of this. I think this was the start of of this kind of video technology with the, with the blue screens that were being used, and then it moved on away from that to entirely computer generated stuff. And what you get then is segments on like the Saturday morning shows. Where kids would dial in and they'd have a very basic kind of Pac Man style game. Or yeah, up, that up, that. down, down, down. And yeah. they'd be over the phone going up, up, down, that's down. Right, and yeah. that's right, and they'd be guided to win prizes. Yeah, that's right. And again, I I don't think that exists without Nightmare because Nightmare started this kind of vocally guided. Yeah, cause I think game. That, I think it was probably again we talked we've talked about live and kicking before.
1: I think probably they were one of the first ones to do that. Yeah. Um, and it was you. you had, the screen was on your screen. Yeah. And you'd be introduced. You have the game, ready, set, go, and then you were talking. I I very vividly remember Zoe Ball doing it in the yeah. separate iteration of live and kicking, where you are literally talking to the screen. And you've got you either make something jump or follow a path. Yeah. And you've got them. Uh, let's say if if it was Pac Man, you'd have the ghosts coming out. and You'd be telling them to turn around and go the other yeah. way. And yeah, you you probably wouldn't have had that because if you, if if nightmare hadn't happened, the technology was there, but people. Wouldn't have realised the appeal Yeah,
0: Nightmare was the nucleus of the idea. Yeah,
1: so it popularised it, effectively. Yeah.
0: I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. Yeah. And it, it kind of went... I, I remember there being a lot of Nightmare merchandise as well. And yes. I don't mean merch in the sense of... I mean, there probably were t-shirts and stuff like that, but more... There was a Spectrum game. I remember there being books. I remember yes. specifically there being Choose Your Own Adventure books because it lent itself yes. to that. A Choose Your Own Adventure book was kind of... Especially if you were a nerdy kid was kind of your way of doing nightmare yourself you yeah. having your own quest all right well i'll, I'll go on to that now next that's on my list um there are a number of items um of
1: Nightmare merchandise and producer of the shows running through seven books written by dave morris so nightmare can you beat the challenge labyrinth of fear fortress of the assassins sorcerer's isle forbidden gate dragon's Lair, and lord fear's domain so um the first one uh, which was um can you beat the challenge um Told the story of how Trey Guard came to inhabit Nightmare Castle, revealed once to have been done Duntown Castle. Um, and then there were um, Choose Your Own Adventure Boxes, which yeah. um, went into that. Um, there was also um two, there were also two Nightmare Computer games. The first was on in 1987 released on Spectrum, Amstrad CPC, Atari ST and Commodore 64. And uh, the second in 1991 was released on the Amiga and the Atari ST.
0: I didn't realize
1: it was an amiga one. Yeah, a PC version was proposed in nineteen ninety five. The plan was abandoned when the series finished in nineteen ninety four. The latter game was an RPG similar to Dungeon Master and Island Beholder games, which was well received at the time, had little to do with the T V series besides the fantasy setting. There was also a board game, which I'd forgotten. I have part.
0: a vague recollection of this. I don't remember
1: the game, I remember the advert with Traeger. Yeah. Traeger, and he I think at the end he puts a sword through the board. Lord, I got. I've
0: got a very. I can never remember playing it, but I can remember having this. No, I don't
1: remember. I don't remember having it or playing. It. I remember the advert. Yeah. Um, it was put up by MB Games in nineteen ninety two. So yeah. if you are at any sort of vintage toy shops or anything, you do see it.
0: I'm. I'm it's, flat out hitting a eBay when we're finished. Yeah. Um, People still... behind the curtain. We are board game nerds, right, <laughs> so I'm flat out hitting a eBay and getting. Yeah, it. maybe that's one for the next game night. Like, um,
1: actually, they went, when we were on a holiday last year, we went down to West Wales and there was a, a, a vintage toy shop down there and they had shitloads of old games, yeah. I bet they had it in there. Yeah, I fucking want this now. <laughs> so we'll have to find that. Um, but yeah, so there was quite a lot of merchandise, so they're mainly books, so they are pretty their own inventions. They, they, they haven't really died to death, but they've died to death and as much as books aren't that popular now with kids, there are more interactive ways to You have. Create your own adventure, and pick you, no, you pick your actions like on phones and on tablets and the games. I think, stuff. I think... Um, so the medium's involved yeah, as well. Yeah, choose
0: your own adventure has basically become Telltale Studios. Yeah. The Telltale games, yeah. which, which I love dearly, um, they aren't really adventure games in the broader sense of a, a point and click like a Monte Island with puzzles to solve. Yeah. You are now watching a story, whereas previously you'd be reading a story, and then picking which path you want to go down. Yeah. That is what Telltale games are and yeah. that's what Choose Your Own Adventure has become. Yeah. Um, I used to love Choose Your Own Adventure books and I kind of think that probably started with Nightmare. Probably, yeah. For me. I, I, I... I owe quite a lot to this show actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean I remember we. remember my brother had two of them I think.
1: I can't remember which ones they were. I can't remember any of the details. Uh, but I remember we had them and I remember going through them quite a few times. Yeah. And as a, as a kid it's it's a lot less telling because you kind of just you play it more instantly whereas as you get older you try and be a bit more tactical or a bit more thoughtful and it reveals a lot more of your, your personality how you play it yeah whereas as, as a kid you're a lot more honest and you just go oh that'll be fun let's do that and it's the same like when you had um the the text-based computer games when it was like um i think the wizard of Oz one was what we had um at school and it was some, You've got three items in your inventory, you know. You, you need some rope to fix a bridge. You've got three items, you've got a length of rope, a bucket, and a piece of bread. What are you going to use? Yeah, piece of bread, fuck it. Um, but you know, it, it was that sort of thing. And it, it's a. As, as you get older with these games, you start to sort of play them for what they are as opposed to just them to try and get through it. it, it they're a lot more revealing. And I think that something I lost track of many, many years ago
0: and never really picked up again was that type, of, that type of book and that sort of play effect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I fell off them for a period and then from the first time I played a Telltale game outside of the Monkey Island adaptation, which was a Monkey Island game. Yeah. So I think it was probably Walking Dead was the first one. Mm. I instantly realised that I was playing a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Yeah. And I've loved them ever since. Mm. And I I love those games, all of them. I buy even ones that I've no interest in. Yeah. Like Tales from the Borderlands. I've never played a Borderlands game, but I've played the Telltale version of it. Because yeah. I love that choose your own adventure style. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think that started with Nightmare. Um, what just out of curiosity, we've talked at length about Draygaard. Yeah. What happened with with the actor? What who has he done anything since? Did we know? Um, apart he... from
1: lending his voice to um, to the the song, sort of, I'm not sure. His name is Hugo Myatt, um, the British actor and theatre director, best known for his role as Dungeon Master Trayguard in Chuggles ga- uh, Game Show of Nightmare. Um, let's see. February 2004, he reprised the role of Traeger for the first time in 10 years for a single appearance in the television series series Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. Um, Jesus Christ, what a come down. Yeah. Um, Myatt, remained in the ca- Myatt remained locked in the cage for the entire production and did not speak to the episode except for the single line, Ooh, nasty, at the end. Two months later, he returned to the role of Traeger once more with an appearance on the pilot episode of Nightmare VR, an intended updated original Nightmare Without a Vision series. traeger's role was reduced, he was no longer the presenter of the show, he was present only as a disembodied avatar of Maya that assisted the engineer with snippets of advice and common sense. Well, no wonder it didn't fucking work then. In 2013, he played Traeger once again in a 2013 YouTube exclusive episode. Eh? What? Yeah, there's no link to it, unfortunately. Um, so we'll have to look that one up. Um, is this like a reboot or something? I don't know. Uh, i am looking on YouTube. Um, other roles, um, despite being strongly typecast, Myers continued to appear in a variety of roles in television, movie and audio productions, computer games and pantomime. In nine uh, shouldn't only Bloody Panto. Uh, in ninety six he played the character of Stephanos in the ancient Greece unit of BBC school series Zigzag. In february two thousand he played the
0: Count in an episode of BBC television series Chucklevision. Wow, he really did go downhill, didn't he? Uh, there, there is U- is 26 minutes. There is an episode of Nightmare that was made for YouTube. Fucking hell. Uh, no, that's we'll, what I'm doing later on.
1: Yeah, we'll put the link up to that on the, um, on the, where, on the yeah. website on Facebook and Twitter and anywhere else we can think to put it. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, outside Children's Television Myers produced numerous computer security training videos. Fucking oh, hell. Oh,
0: rubbish.
1: Uh, it's been a crime reconstruction on Crime Watch. In twenty five, in two thousand five he appeared as Leon Bank in the Snuff movie. I also played the role of Bob Snatcher in the short film Snatching Time. So basically he's done nothing important since Nightmare.
0: See there's a dude that you just throw him a bone and get him on yeah. Game of Thrones or something, for fuck's sake. That's he's done a lot of audio dramas and stuff of um, things of like Doctor Who. Um
1: but oh, he's working then. Yeah, he's working, yeah. Unless he's dead by now, but I think sure. Um, more recently, lent his voice to the evil scarecrow album "Glad to Hear" and the song "Enter the Nightmare," um, which is lyrics based on "TV Nightmare" and voiced Je- General Kazimov in the running mobile, uh, the mobile running game "Zombies Run." So he's still
0: about. He's still. Holy working. shit!
1: I've played through Zombies, Zombies Run. <laughs> I've not. Um, I he, did not realise.
0: Yeah, so he's. He we know somebody show. that works on Zombies Run. So by, uh, we'll talk about this off air because. Yeah. Copter but yeah, we know somebody that yeah. works on that. So by. By default we've also def- worked with it. Well, kind of. <laughs> we've got a bacon factor of two there.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's still he's still around, he's still working. Um, it's not very hard <laughs> the look of
0: it. Well no, I I just ask because that is a dude
1: that I mean he was quite old at the time. He you know, had been sort of you know, late 30s thirties 30s exactly. so forties. for
0: kids TV that was quite old. Fuck you, that's not old. For kids T V <laughs> that's quite <laughs> old. Listen to the sentence. <laughs> that that is a dude that I think just because most of these shows that we talk about are cartoons, and somebody like, say for instance, Peter Cullen, who is a lot of characters that meant a lot to me, yes. I wouldn't necessarily fan out over if I, if I saw him in real life, because he's a voice. Yeah. I think if I saw Guard, I would lose my shit.
1: Yeah, quite possibly.
0: I would absolutely, that, that is a dude that meant so much to me as a kid. And then it just occurred to me as we were talking about that I've never really seen him crop up in anything else but maybe it's because of that because he's never been anyone else to me yeah, that gives him true. a slight X-factor. Yeah. Because he'll always be Treyguard. That's right and I think I mean, we are a long way removed
1: from, from that. I mean it ran from 90, uh, from 87 to 94. So I mean we're 30, 30 plus years from the original broadcast. Yeah. Uh, which is really fucking depressing. Um, but yes, I, mean, I when we started looking at the researchers, I saw the patient, Oh, fucking no, hell! Yeah, I remember him. I could probably walk past him in the street
0: tomorrow. Uh, apart, aside from the, if he was in the costume. If he was in the costume, yeah. But other than that, yeah, he just looks like, and particularly now beards are kind of fashionable again. Yeah. He just kind of looks like a dude. Exactly. <laughs> he just, yeah. Um, He's unremarkable looking.
1: Yeah. That's it. So I mean, I, yeah, it's it's one of those. If he was in
0: costume, and you saw him, you think, "Fucking no, hell, that's Gregor." But beyond that, you wouldn't really know. No, I mean I'd imagine. Like obviously, he had a, he had brown hair and a brown beard, but now I'd imagine he'd be grey as well. Yeah, he'd be grey or white or. So yeah. And, um. Yeah. So I mean, surely you can get a job as Father Christmas these days. <sighs> Fucking scary! as Father Christmas. Well, well yeah. <laughs> granted, but <laughs> aren't they all? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's very good. Um, in terms of um, broadcast, I say it was broadcast um, on ITV as part of their children's ITV. It was on CITV, yeah. It was, it was always
0: the last show on.
1: Yeah, so it was always about half four. It was that, yeah. then Home and Away. Yeah. At which point i, I turned over because I never liked Home and Away. Aussie subs. Um, but yeah, so um, it, was on, it was on CITV, I can't remember what day it was, a, it was a T day we've established. Mm, I'm, um, sure was, I'm sure it was sure Thursday. I can't remember. It was on CITV, it ran from 1987 to 1994. Um, there were eight seasons, one hundred twelve episodes, and so, the, the the mechanic was to so, say these the teams popped up, and then at the end of each episode, basically trigger froze time. So whatever peril they were in at the time, be it a giant spider or a big swinging axe or whatever, yeah, it was it would all freeze.
0: There was always a big swinging axe yeah. as well, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, it, it was. I yeah. forgot about that. It was, it was, it was always big, like
0: a room of axes. and you had to
1: jump. Yeah, you had to you have to run past it. Yeah, and they were, they were far enough apart that you know, you knew they were bloody miles away and also computer generated. But you know, they were, you knew you could get past them sort of thing, but it always froze as the thing was swinging at you. Like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. And then you, they were stuck there and suspended an animation for a week and then you went back to it because so obviously that's just where they shot it. Uh-huh. After Nightmare ended on ITV, it was quickly picked up by the Sci-Fi Channel which broadcast all eight series starting from the channel's launch in November 1995. However, ratings were low exacerbated by the satellite sharing uh, meant the UK fans were unable to receive the channel at the time when the show had been broadcast. Um, yeah, cable TV was kind of fucked up at the point. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it was it was it was on, it was available, and more recently, it's it's reappeared on a like Challenge TV and stuff like that. Th- Challenge reran it completely, didn't it? So I remember catching a few episodes yeah. of Challenge. Yeah, Challenge reran it from stuff. So they did exactly what Sci Fi did. They they bought it and they put it on. I um, said so, Sci Fi's contract ran out October thirty first, nineteen ninety eight. To, uh, b- 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 Channel Four, uh, yeah, it was run as part Channel Four's greatest one hundred TV kids shows, um, and it came sixteenth, which was the highest game show on the list. Wow! So um, no, it was higher oh, than very high steam here. Um, in the U. S. seasons five and six were shown for a long time for a long time on uh, on a local cable station in Long Island, and that was it. That was it. That was. Wow. It,
0: so. So, sorry anybody that's in yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry the US, but if you've got this part, then and, and we've just been talking bollocks, then first of all, well done. Yeah. Second of not, all, go to YouTube now and watch yeah, now. Yeah, know. but I mean,
1: the the whole idea of the show was intriguing enough, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good premise to work on. Um, in seven thousand two, the UK satellite channel Challenge held a group of programs called the Christmas cult section featuring group classic game shows, Um the Golden Shot right through to Nightmare. Um, so repeat started 23rd December 2002, with Susan's... Three. Uh, episode 3 episode 1 preceded by a short two and a half minute documentary featuring Tim Child and Hugo Meyer. Uh Tim Child created the show mm-hmm. um, and Hugo Meyer was very good. Um, Nightmare went on to reach first place on in an internet poll held by Challenge asking viewers to decide the single best show of the cult section. So viewers watched the show and there you go. that was the best one. Um, so had reasonable ratings combined with the high fan base and the, so the, the Challenge went on to showed the rest of the seven seasons so they, they showed a lot. Um, January twenty thirteen, the final two episodes from season seven were shown on ITV channels. by old school weekend, which is celebrating thirty years of ITV kids program. Yeah. So again, it's it kept on coming back and coming back, um, and during that old school block, it was the second most watched um, program of that block. Wow. Behind Funhouse, which yeah, just for the twins. Let's be fair. Yeah. Um, so challenge reacquired the first two series in twenty thirteen. They reran um, twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen. Uh, in their late zone strand, repeats now have the ITV Studios logo at the end rather than the Anglia logo, so obviously they've the button yeah, yeah. has picked up. In um, twenty fifteen, Challenge announced they've also reacquired third and four seasons, and the reruns started in October twenty fifteen.
0: Um, beyond that, we talked about Nightmare VR, which was um, yeah the potential reboots. I mean, for a start, why like VR is a thing now, and you have like these Star Wars VR experiences and yeah. stuff. Why the fuck is nobody doing that? Because it's made for it. I'm guessing it's the rights issue.
1: Um, 25th November 2002 six days after challenge repeats announced a reformat of Nightmare was still undertaken by Televirtual founded by Tim Child so the guy who created the show known as Nightmare VR this would use avatar technology to place the dungeon here in a full 3D computer generated world uh 24 2004 um test images and clips continue to appear on the Televirtual website Not August 17th 2004 the full 13 minute pilot was posted on the internet um kept a lot of elements of the original show so the wild monsters clue rooms and stuff um Mark Knight was the um, was Lord Fear.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, was the other one?
0: He had like a weird headdress thing. That's it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, introduced some uh, some new elements, but um, they got rid of the helmet of justice. There's no show without the helmet. But the whole thing with the VR part of it was that the person could now see what was going on themselves. They didn't need to. Yes, but
0: that that's a completely different show at that point. Yeah.
1: There you go. Reactions to the pilot were mixed, uh, with some saying the lack of helmet of justice and associated guiding element a lot of the essence of the original show was lost. The new theme team was dismissed by some as being overly cheesy and unrelated to the dark sense of the program. On tenth of May two thousand five, it was announced the project was to be shelved. So basically, the, the guy who set it all up and ran it was kept on trying to cash in, just went, fuck it, it's not working.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, so that that kind of died a death in two thousand five. In December two thousand and twelve, lifelong nightmare fan James Orkett commemorated twenty five years since the first episode was shown. Where the documentary featured interviews with Hugo Wyatt's Tim child, and artist David Rowe, who illustrated the dungeon backgrounds, and rest of the actors who participated in the show. Um, A one off special edition was um, was produced for YouTube in August two thousand and thirteen for Geek Week. Yeah. Um, Which is what I. It's about. It's only about twenty five minutes long. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, So we'll we'll post the link for that. So there's there's a one off episode done many many years after. but with some fairly well-known um, actors in new roles. Um, there was also a theatrical version of Nightmare, performed at the 2013 Edinburgh, Film, Edinburgh Fr- Fr- Fringe Festival uh, from the 23rd of July to the 15th of August. Open to brave reviews and performed in London 2013 and 2016. Shows show produced by Je- Objective-Targe and stars Paul Thunnery, Tom Ball and Amy Smith. So, even now... It's still going. It's still going. It's still going. I mean, this is a show that's 31 years old disappeared from TV 20, 25
0: years ago and
1: it's still going strong.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, we said if if you've not seen it, then by all means go back and watch it on YouTube. Um, I think because of its format, unlike some of the other shows that that we've talked about where you can go back and they're either worth watching or not. Some of them don't age well, they're not very good, others grab you immediately. Because this is a game show and it constantly therefore reinvents itself yeah. every couple of episodes not just every season because one team dies and another yeah. team comes in it is very easy to just dip in and out of it and yeah. remember kind of the broad strokes and yes. I think that's why it endures. We remember the helmet I remember I Ariadne straight away as you've yeah. been talking about we remember Traeger I remember those incidental characters Yeah. and I think that's probably why it endures. Yeah,
1: I mean I think for me it it's aged badly in terms of the way it looks. Oh, yeah, but the graphics are awful. The, right techn- the, te- the technology at the time was brilliant. Yeah. Obviously, we're 30 years removed from that now. And I mean, across mobile phones would not even a thing that on smartphones and no VR. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know,
0: we're talking, we're talking blue screen compositing now. Yeah, it? no, yeah. This is, this is a long way from where we are now. So, I mean, to a modern audience, yeah, it would probably look laughable to the point where it probably couldn't get through it. No,
1: that's right. Um, but certainly, for the time when it was on, and we were we were watching it,
0: yeah quote unquote live yeah. you know, i know yeah think, yeah, then it was absolutely groundbreaking yeah, it was it there was nothing like it there hasn 't really been anything like it since no you 're right um I think there could be, I see no reason why it couldn 't be done again today, just with updated like using c g i now, yeah uh what I'd be mean, all kinds of up for it if they rebooted Nightmare Now. I'd be all over that shit, and I would definitely be on it. Oh fuck yeah! Um,
1: I mean, not necessarily with CGI. We look at things like augmented reality, which is on the yeah. next week. You could you could base an entire show on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's them. There's certainly um, given the fact they keep on reviving the show, keep on reshowing it and reshowing it, and it gets, keeps getting voted as as sort of as popular. It is, there's no reason why it would fail yeah. from a from a fan point of view it would just be the execution which would have to get it right I mean the the, the VR setup I and mean, VR wasn't really a thing it was around but no it didn't really take off in 2005 yeah. or in 2002 so it was re- they were kind of hiding to nothing before they even started yeah if they try it now with them you know, you've got you know, PlayStation have got a VR thing and um, you've got Oculus and whatever the other ones are yeah no VR is a thing now and a very widespread, very popular thing.
0: I mean, it's just ripe for a VR game. Absolutely. I don't understand the whole format lends itself to VR. I don't understand why it's not been done. No, that's right. So I mean, yeah. If anybody wants to try that, go ahead. Yeah. i oh, have a blessing for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, please do. I'll buy it. Oh fuck yeah! Honestly, what. I will go out and buy a VR system just, just to play, play it. I would as well. Yeah. Um, preferably I would as well. PlayStation because
1: I've already got one of those, so I we'll wouldn't have to buy one of those as well. But yeah. Yeah. It must, um, but yeah. So I mean, we we normally round off um, by sort of asking if it's worth revisiting and rewatching, and I think for me, let's say it, it looks dated. The, the technology is certainly a long way off where we are now, and it, because for that reason, it look it, it's a difficult watch aesthetically. Mm. But I think for the show, it was as a, an entertaining game show. I could still put it on now and watch it.
0: Definitely. I I absolutely could just stick an episode on right now and watch it. I think in today's culture, it's probably quite dangerous to start watching it because what's going to happen is you are then going to binge an entire quest. Yeah. And you are not going to stop until the team dies or wins. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. But absolutely, I think it's still worth checking out. It's got... Nothing to say in terms of cultural relevance, you're not going to get no. any value from it. It's pure entertainment. Absolutely. But it's fucking good.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so yeah, so as I say nightmares is definitely worth a, a watch. If, if you've not seen it, best of luck to you have a have a go. Um try not to watch it all in one go. Um if you're a member these video, obviously that's great. Um yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, um you can go to some of usual channels, go to our website, it's uh, www.ddpodcast.net you can find us on Facebook. We are the Double Land Podcast Network. Uh, we're on Twitter, DD Podcast Net. We're, um, also there's SMPD Pod. Uh, don't use the hashtag, hashtag SMPD anymore because the police didn't like it. Um, but yeah, drop us a line, get in touch. Um, so go to our website got some great other shows on there as well, as well as our back catalog. Um, but yeah, until next time.
0: Ooh,
1: nasty.